This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us on the Roman Guest Line now is my guy, my friend, my commish, Mr. Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Reminder to the listeners out there, if you just love Matt's voice and want to hear it again, you can check out the podcast. Just download the Odyssey app and type in BetMGM. Tonight, Matt, how you doing, sir? Thanks for joining the show. Doing well, y'all. Thanks for having me on. Matt, I I think I can uh, still draft that day, even though we will be on air here in the BetQL studios. I think that draft day is good for me, and I'm also back in. I will pay my $100, um, even though my team sucks, and I probably should just bow out gracefully. Live draft on the show. Live draft on the show. show? Yes, I'll do it. I was literally texting Ryan and hitting you up as well when I was drafting live on the show last night. It was only a three- Three round like rookie draft. My but. team needs to T quick. My team is bad, but but I am in Matt. Is is that cool with you? I'll, I'll sing you the cash. Of course, out. that's cool. Okay. Yeah, and it'll be a three round rookie draft too, Tristan. So you can walk them through it. Is it a slow draft? You have like seven hours to draft for each pick because ours was slow. Ours was I think slow we draft. do five minutes. No, they don't. Okay. They don't play around, man. They they they'll text you in the group chat. Hey, <laughs> you have thirty. Matt will call me like, yo, you're actually on the clock right now. I don't care what you're doing. Make a pick. Um. <laughs> And Matt, that's why we have you on the show. We want you to make a pick or help us make some picks because we got a bunch of awards races going on in the MLB as well as some like adjusted win totals and also just trying to get this playoff picture kind of uh, settled as we head throughout the rest of the season. I do want to ask you uh, something very specific in terms of these awards races. I want to talk about the National League MVP. That's where I want to turn my attention to. We know Paul Goldschmidt uh, has seemingly been the leader since, I don't know, he had 404 with 10 home runs and 33 RBIs in May. But now it looks like he appears to be neck and neck with Nolan Arenado, who's also his teammate. That's starting to get some love, too. Goldschmidt has the offensive edge. I think we all can tell that. But Arenado is not far behind while also providing his usual golden glove uh, defense uh, at third base. The last time teammates finished one and two in the MVP voting was 2000 when Jeff Kent beat out Barry Bonds. How do you feel about this uh, this NL MVP race? And what do you think about Goldschmidt and, and Arenado? How do you, what's, what's going on here? How do you think it shakes out? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like Goldschmidt and Arenado are two guys who over the years just haven't really gotten that over that hump of winning the MVP and getting enough credit to really win it. You know, one year that stands out to me, uh, 2013, Andrew McCutcheon absolutely stole that MVP from Paul Goldschmidt mm-hmm. back in 2013. I'm still mad about it. Uh, Goldie deserved it then. And I think that, you know, while it certainly shouldn't be a a lifetime achievement award. Narratives do matter. And and Goldschmidt being how he has kind of been the guy so far this year that has just kind of been on top, I think it would really take a strong finish from Arenado to pull past him. Like you said, they're they're a bit neck and neck here in terms of the numbers. The war totals are within like 0.2 of each other. So, you know, just off the numbers right now, I think you could go either way. But I feel like Goldschmidt is going to pull it out in the end, even though you could say, though, 
that the two guys being on the same team, the votes could pull away from each other, and all of a sudden Manny Machado comes out on top. But I think that with the Padres' bit of dysfunction right now, the narrative just isn't in his, in his favor. Matt, that's, that's a great point, and, and I'm right with you, man. I have a little sentimental value tied up in Paul Goldschmidt, our, the two runner-ups, the third-place finish in his career. It would be good to see him get one. Um, but you you kind of let me down that path, too. Let's let's say things kind of slow down for Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, we've seen him after May. He did have a little, you know, a week and a half where it's like, oh, well, where's Paul Goldschmidt? What about Lindor? Could he be a sneaky candidate if, he, you know, he keeps hitting well down the stretch? Any other maybe, like, under-the-radar guys other than, you know, maybe Machado that you think could come and steal this award? Because this is one of the more wide-open, even though Goldschmidt is, like, the mild favorite at the moment. Definitely. Lindor is finally hitting a little bit more like the Mets thought they were getting when they signed in that $300-plus contract. I think Freddie Freeman is a guy whose numbers definitely stack up with the MVP-type candidates. He's got the name recognition. He's a former MVP himself, albeit a Mickey Mouse one from back in 2020. But still, of course, he is Freddie Freeman. We all know it. Uh, but one guy that does stand out to me, Austin Riley. He has yeah. just been swinging one of the hottest bats in baseball mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of months here. I think his defensive metrics hurt him a bit in the war totals, so you kind of have to squint a little bit when you pull up fan graphs uh, just because he is a little bit farther down on those rankings. But certainly he's hitting as well as anybody right now in the Braves. They're right in the thick of the playoff race, and I think they're going to be right there in that NL East chase right to the end. Hey, Matt, sticking in the National League, the Dodgers are rightfully plus 325 to win the World Series, but they do lose Walker Buehler now for the rest of the season. They'll get Dustin May back on Saturday. Uh, also, you got the Mets plus 500. They're dealing with some injuries with their pitching rotation as well. The Braves 12-1. to 1. Other than the Dodgers, who would your be who would be your play, you know, to represent the NL in the World Series? Uh, or is it still the Dodgers, even with Buehler out for the rest of the year? I think the Dodgers are are still my favorite at this point. I mean, they haven't had Bueller all year, and they've really just been playing, you know, just as well as we would have expected. So with with them getting Dustin May back and, of course, Clayton Kershaw uh, joining that rotation at some point at the end of the year, you know, I think that this team will still stack up with the best of them. But if I had to pick somebody else, I really do think the Braves are being slept on. I mean, I know that the Mets have – uh, gotten all this attention, getting Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom back in this rotation here, and they certainly look uh, the part with all the stars that they have. But at the same time, you know, playoffs, it, it comes down to defense. It comes down uh, to that r- rotation. And, you know, you look at the, the Braves, they've been there. They've had these guys that have come through in the playoffs before. You know, this Mets rotation, they're going to be tested as a group for the first time. You know, Chris Bassett really doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience. Is he going to be a viable number three? Is Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer going to be healthy come playoff time? That's still a question mark as well. So, you know, I think we kind of have to wait and see what things look like then. But the Braves, they stand out to me. You know, they've got the experience. They've got the pedigree. And I think they're very capable of running it back. So I uh, I was watching, I've been watching intently the Yankees in free fall since July 9th. Uh, <laughs> Outside of the fact that Tampa just gave up a sort of an errant run on an error to the Yankees. They finally scored, T. Crick. They finally scored. The Yankees have just been pretty much one of the worst offenses in baseball. Obviously, not what you want. But I'm looking at this AL East race. And bear with me here. So the Yankees, obviously the heavy favorite to win. But the Rays, who are 10 games back, 6-4 and four in their last 10, probably going to be 7-3 and three now after tonight. Sneaking up, creeping up, plus 6,000 to win the AL East. Uh-oh. Is there any value to take a flyer on anyone besides the Yankees to win this division? You know, I do like the Rays to make some noise in the playoffs. You know, they're right there in the thick of the wild card race right now. 
But one thing that does kind of make me worried about picking them is they have the fourth hardest remaining strength of schedule mm-hmm. coming up for the rest of the season. They got nine games against the Blue Jays, eight against the Yankees, six against the Astros, three against the Guardians. I mean, that's going to be a tough stretch for them uh, to get through and, and make the climb that is going to be needed to get back into this race. You know, they're obviously playing the Yankees well, which they're going to have to do if they're going to do it. But, you know, you look at the Blue Jays, they've got a bit of an easier schedule. Their run differential is a tad bit better. I don't know. I think that, you know, that's the team that we had a lot of confidence in coming into this season, a, a lot of World Series future bets placed on the Blue Jays. And I feel like that slow start really just kind of put them a bit under the radar here where I could see them, you know, really putting it all together, not to mention the fact that they made one of the biggest splashes of the deadline. We're joined now by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. You can listen to our convo with Matty Ice on the Odyssey app. Just type in bet MGM tonight. You also type in Matt after that, and it'll take you to the episode quicker. Things that you need to know. You're welcome. Um, Matt, I do got to ask about this. We kind of just glazed over the fact that Dylan Cease and uh, Justin Verlander are going at each other uh, at the moment. 50 games or so left uh, this season. That means, you know, these starters should get like nine starts or so, or these pitchers should get like nine starts or so from now until the end of the season. Is there is there any case for, actually, what? Who would you give it to, Verlander or uh, Dylan Cease, actually, this award? Because we know Dylan Cease is making things interesting, but Verlander has been getting plenty of well-deserved attention. And, of course, incredible comeback from Tommy John. The narratives have written themselves. He could become the 11th pitcher to win at least three Cy Young awards, but Dylan Cease has allowed no more than one earned run in any of his previous starts. He has a .66 ERA over his past 14 starts. Sick. How do you see this uh, uh, just unfolding? Yeah, you know, I've really liked Cease coming into this year. He's one of my picks to click. So, you know, I'd love to to point to myself and say, hey, you were right and pick him to win the AL Cy Young. But just looking at the numbers here with Verlander this year, you know, he he obviously leads the majors in wins and ERA. That's just a tough hurdle for anybody else uh, to jump over. But also the fact that Dylan Cease has the most walks in the major league this year. And, Mm. you know, I, I don't know the numbers on whether or not that's ever happened, but I think that that's going to stand out in the minds of voters if it does come down to him finishing with the most free passes of any pitcher in baseball. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for a lot of you know voters to get over that hump and say that he was the best pitcher in the American League when he was just letting guys on base you know, kind of at will. Hey, Matt, a really quick follow-up there. A lot of people might say, well, what about McClanahan? Sitting there like 5-1 to one right now. And I started fading McClanahan after he gave up that run in the first inning of the All-Star game. Best decision I've ever made in my life. He was a leader through the first half, but he just hasn't been as sharp in this past three starts, 20 hits, 11 runs, and 16 and two-thirds innings. I mean, two of those starts came against the Detroit Tigers and the Cleveland Guardians, and those are hardly offensive powerhouses. What happened with McClanahan in your humble estimation? I mean, I think we're just seeing him, you know, approach a career-high workload where he's going to start to get gassed out. I mean, before this year, he threw 123 innings back in 2021. He didn't have a season at all in 2020. And then 2019, he only threw 120, and that was his max before then. So we're already now with him at 134 innings at his career high and running. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of run out of gas here in this second half. I mean, you know, obviously these innings that he's throwing, they're high leverage. They're tough innings. Uh, You know, he's really racking them up against major league pitching or major league hitting, you know, in a way that he never had to do down in the minor league. So he's putting more stress on his arm just to get through these innings. So I wouldn't be surprised. We see him kind of run out of gas here. I think that McClanahan is one of the best young and coming pitchers in the entire major leagues, and he's going to be a very good pitcher for a long time. But this just might not be the year for him. Matt, before we let you go, brother, a little localized. 
Do my commanders win the NFC East or not, man? There's a couple of people that need this this information. Do we win the NFC Plus East? Plus 500. Oh man, you know I, I get asked it a lot, and like I'm not I'm not drinking the Carson Wentz Kool Aid. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, I I really think that Jalen Hurts is going to pop off this year. I think the Eagles are my pick right now to win the NFC East. But as we all know with this division, a lot of things can go wrong. So I wouldn't be surprised to go at, if it went any in the four directions. Well, Matt, it was wrong for me to ask you that because that's the wrong answer. So now you got to get off my phone lines. I tried to give you a layup, and you just made things more difficult for everybody involved. Matt, love you, brother. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That's our guy, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington, joining us on the Roman Guest Line. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDR from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. It's just GetRoman.com slash BetQL.